Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Circe podcast. We're glad that you're joining us today. You're about to hear message audio from one of our weekend services, but before you do, just want to remind you, you can tap the link in the description or text Circe to 88000 to get connected and stay up to date with what's going on on our campus at all times. You can give online, join a life group, or find more information about joining a serve team as well. You can also request prayer. We love praying for the needs of our church every single week. If you have a prayer request, tap the link in the description, or again, text Cersei to 88000 for more information. This whole month, if you were not here last week, this is Vision Month. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited about what this month could bring, not to separate people out, but I really believe that this month is a month of commitment, and I think that's why I love it so much. It is, it is a different level. It is, um, I mean, if, if you are, are looking at new life, and you, or you are, I, I don't like this term, but it, it makes sense, but if you, are, if you are church shopping right now, uh, this could be a great series for you to just know what, what we're all about, um, what our mission is. If you call New Life home, this is an opportunity this month to take a new step or a fresh step. And so I'm just going to challenge you to be here all month. Just don't miss any of these weeks. Um, it, is, it is all tied together. It is all about vision and it is all about how we can take our church deeper into the mission of what we believe God has called us to. So uh, be here all month of October. I want you to get out your Bible or your Bible app and go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read a very popular passage of, of Scripture this morning. I love this text. I think it's so definitive of what was going on during um, this particular time in the local church. And so I want to bring that to us this morning. So Acts chapter 2, and let's read through uh, verse 42 through 47. This is what it says. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I want to read that, that again. I love this word, devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Verse 43. And everyone was filled with awe at the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers, everybody say all, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who we're being saved. Now we love this last part, but I believe the last part is because people were seeing the first part. So people were looking at the activity of the church and they were drawn to it. They were going, there's something going on in that place with those people that is not like 
the humanity we've experienced elsewhere. So something was going on that was against even their own desires. They were selling stuff to be able to take care of other people. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of scripture. I'm going to circle back to this in, in the end, but I want to start with a very important question this morning. Have you ever been to Ikea? Okay. Now, Anytime we go through the Memphis area, Robbie will say something like, you don't want to stop, do you? You know, it's like this very rhetorical question. And, of course, the answer is always, yes, I can't wait to get in there. But um, it, it's that place, Ikea, it's like Hotel California for cheap furniture and meatballs, right? I mean, like, you can come anytime you want, but you can't ever get out of there, Okay. And so what makes it worse is that most of you in here, and I'm going to talk to the men specifically, most of you men do not look at instructions, okay? Uh, who needs them, right? I mean, you're an American man born in the South. You do not need to look through a paper pamphlet like a sissy. And so you see the picture. You can make this stuff look like the picture, and you know how, how it ends. An hour later, you're digging through the trash for that pamphlet like a dumpster diver trying to, to get it so that you can now put it all back together in the right way. And so I want to I wanna look at that image for a second like our church. For us to build a church the right way, we've got to have a clear picture of what it is that we're actually even trying to build and how we're supposed to build it. So when we look at the reasons why we gather here in this place every Sunday or why the students gather on Wednesday or why you gather in each other's homes, um, you are trying to discover what is it that God wants us to do together collectively as a people of faith. When we built our home several years ago, there wasn't a single night that we did not get out a floor plan and look over it just to make sure just to compare it to what we, we were seeing, to making sure that we hadn't forgot details, that maybe we could add it this phase, that in case we forgot, hey, can we please slip this back in there, and, and so on. We were just constantly you know, reverting to the plan and referring to it. And this is true for every single part of our lives that really matter, right? So if you have something in your life that matters, you are checking on it. You're looking at it. You're reverting to some type of plan, whether that plan started on a napkin in a restaurant and moved to some post-its and moved to a dream board and moved to you know, a, some type of pro forma. You, you are constantly coming back and looking at it and going, am I on target? So this goes for your, your career if you own a business, if you've got a plan, if you've got a dream, if you've got something that, that you're after, you are going toward the plan. This goes for the culture of your house. You are looking at, at, at ideas that you had when you got married. You said, this is what I want a home to be like. And occasionally you check in on that. Are we, are we on target? What's the trajectory of our home? How does that compare to scripture? How does that compare to other healthy homes that I've seen? You're looking at, at that. Our spiritual life and the connection we have to a local body is the same. 
So if, if we want to succeed in any way of taking care of anything missional in the world that we're involved in, in the time frame that we're allowed to participate in this incredible thing called church, then we've got to assess that as well. we got to look at a plan and get some vision for it. There's never been a healthy church who loves people and serves each other deeply happen by accident. It is done through great intentionality. It is all built on purpose because someone or a group of someones had some vision. They said, this is what we want our gathering to look like. This is what we want to do as a church. When you come in here for a weekend of worship, we didn't just get together at 9.30 this morning and say, how do we want this to look? Okay. Now, our staff would tell you sometimes that happens, but they're liars. So what happens is we plan this out. We think what, what's, what's the right thing to teach and what, what, what songs are we going to do and what, what's the emphasis going to be and what are the announcements going to be and what about children's programs and, and on and on and on. It's because somebody's got a vision for the weekend. So either you and I have to collectively have vision for our church or someone else will. Let me give you just a few examples of that. Culture would love to dictate the church's mission right right now. Culture would love to get in the driver's seat of every local church and say, this is what we would love for you to look like. Governments or governmental pieces would love to dictate the church's mission. Radical thoughts would love to dictate the church's mission. But if you take your hands off the helm of a ship, that ship still sails somewhere because it is built to go. It is built to float. It is built to transport. The church is the same. If we take our hands off the helm, it's going somewhere with or without us. And so our church's vision here, and this is good for everybody, whether you're brand new, whether you've only been coming for a little while, or whether you've been here for years, this is a great refresher. Our simple thoughts on church are this. It's first of all that we would all follow Jesus, right? That every single person in the room would make a committed decision to being a follower of Jesus, now, I know I'm going to step on some theology, and I can't avoid that really because it's just one person trying to communicate this. But we're not, we're not trying to call you into a certain prayer, even though prayer is important. We're not trying to call you just into an act of baptism, and baptism is very important. We're trying to call you into an active life of following Christ daily, every day. Monday through Sunday, every day, your life is a follower, is a believer, and our church wants to create a space for you and your friends that you bring and your family that you bring to be fully devoted followers of Jesus. Then we can grow together. 
We can start letting go of things that don't really matter and clinging more firmly to things that do. And we can do that collectively as a church. Then we serve together. We take on missions. We take on projects. We build churches. We build individuals up. We take care of widows. We impact people with resource. We, we, we put wheels to our words And we say, this is what we want to do. Why? Because we're nice people? No, because we're following Jesus. And this is what Jesus would do. So this is the mission of our church. And this becomes that mission statement that I just said, to be a place where your family and your friends can become fully devoted followers of Jesus. This is the MO here. That anybody you bring your children, your spouse, your neighbor, your coworker, a stranger, anybody can come and have a space to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So when we read this verse in Acts chapter 2, why is the early church so different than the modern church? When I read those few verses... It's, it's not hard to go, you know, we don't really see that kind of tenacity. We don't see that kind of, of humility. We don't see that kind of togetherness. It was very natural for them. I mean, they were following Jesus with, with a type of zeal that, that we rarely see, this, this all-in, this there's no plan B mentality of I just want to serve, I just want to help, I just want to be part of the Jesus story. Seriously, why does Acts 2 look so differently? Well, they were full of the Spirit, therefore they were led by the Spirit, and what you love the most will determine the direction of your life, right? I mean, this is an easy life principle to take on. What you and I love the most determines the direction of our life. There are a lot of you that are here this morning because you love Jesus. There are a lot of you that are here this morning because you love the local church. There's some of you that are here this morning because this is just what you've always done. You know, it's like a tradition in your home or a tradition in in the Bible Belt. Some of you are here because your wife told you you were coming. Somebody made you. They twisted your arm. They tricked you with free coffee. Said, hey, just show up. Our church, you can drink coffee in the sanctuary. It's amazing. Come on. And you came. But what you love the most determines the direction of your life. It determines the direction of your home. And it determines the direction of our church. How much you love the church and its mission determines the impact of that church. And leadership is important. I get it. Vision is certainly important. But unless the people who call that church home have an all-in mentality that church becomes extremely limited. In Acts chapter 2, again, we're looking at thousands of years ago 
We're looking at an incredible piece of time. It says these people were in awe by the signs that they were seeing. They wanted to be part of it so much so they were selling property and possession. Just just to get people's blessed, just to say, do you need anything? I've got it. And I I don't have it, but I got a piece of property. I'm going to sell it. Once I sell it, I'm going to give it to you. And then I'm going to give you the the income from that. And then your life's going to be changed. And because of that, they had everything in common. Amazing sliver of time. And I said this last year, but it's still true. And I, I want you to hang on to this for a moment. The church is either a place or it's personal, okay? The church for every single one of us in this room today is either just a place or it's very personal. And you feel that way about a lot of things in in your life. Do you wanna know why if you walk through your house and on, on a rug is a piece of gum, like a chewed up piece of gum on the floor. You will look at that and go, where are the kids? That's always my first thought. Where's Riley? I know she did this. Piece of gum. But you know what? I don't look at a piece of gum if that were to ever happen. I don't look at that or a wrapper or a piece of trash or anything you know, if I'm walking to the house, there's a piece of bacon on the floor. It won't happen because we have a dog. But if, if there were, I don't go, you know what? I won't leave that because Robbie, she'll be by later. She can get that bacon. I get that bacon or gum or trash or wrapper. You want to know why? Because it's my house. If somebody is driven by my yard and throws something out there, I pick it up. I don't go, trash day is on Wednesday. I'm sure trash guy's going to see that and he'll pick it up. No, I do it because it's my house. And so it's not just a place to me. It is personal. When we can make that shift as followers of Jesus and go, this is our house. This is our place. These are our ministries. These are our children. These are our marriages. These are our outreaches. These are our churches that we're trying to plant. This is our community. It's ours. It's not, I'm not waiting on someone else to take care of it. It's either my church or it's just a church, right? There's a difference. Uh, there's that beautiful, I think it's, we were on our way to Marion the other night for a ball game. There's this beautiful church near Marion. It's, it's a, just a traditional white church. I believe it's the Church of Christ Church. It's gorgeous. And I always say, man, they did such a great job with that. And, and to me, I mean, I appreciate it as a capital C church, but it's, it's, I, my heart isn't there. I, I'm not drawn to it because it's not personal. To me, it's just, it's a beautiful place. People gather, sacred things happen there. I have respect for it, but it's not mine. But when I'm here, like this, this place is mine. It, it's personal to me. You are personal 
to me. It's personal to me when, when I don't think people are buying in. I take it personal. I want to go, it's, it's like a coach. You want to go, what's wrong with you? I want to grab some of you by the face mask right now. What's going on in there, you know? It's either my church or it's a church. Now listen, as a pastor, I'm going to tell you this. As, as a pastor, there is a statement that I absolutely despise. I'm going to share that with you. I despise this statement. People will say to me, do you know what y'all should do? I hate that statement. What I typically insert there is, how long have you been going here? And sometimes they'll say, people say, two or three years. And I'm like, then that statement should be, do you know what we should do? Do you see what the difference there is? I can tell how plugged in someone is to their church by that one sentence. When you've been coming two or three years and everything is y'all and they and that group and it's never I or me or we, it's a place to you, but it's not personal. And if you make that shift and you make space for that in your life, you contribute to the kingdom in a way you've never contributed. Now listen, when I was a kid, my dad is here, so this is a moment of confession. He's never heard me say this before. So I'm going to step onto this side of the. There was a, a place on Asher University once called Casa Bonita. Uh, <laughs> there's your 1985 people right there. Did you, did you hear that? They all went, mm-hmm. When you need something, you just raise a flag. It was amazing. You could just sit there. You need another enchilada? No problem. Raise a flag. You want some sopapillas? Raise a flag. Okay. Occasionally, somebody was going to come by and sing to you. And when you left, you got to go in and see the creepiest gypsy lady ever and get like a little toy. My parents used to have to kick me in there to get me to go. I did not want to see her. But as I got older, I did this one time. I was with a friend after church. It was just he and I. And we went in there to eat. And I said, um, hey, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to have enough to cover the meal. And he was like, that's all right. Just follow my lead. like, okay, let's do whatever. So we get up to leave, and you know, he had to get up and go to the front register and pay. And it was this beautiful thing. He goes, hey, our parents are in here, and they're going to pay for us in just a minute. And I was like, I'm with him. And we left. And we got out in the parking lot. That's right, I stole an enchilada. <laughs> and he goes, that's what's called dine and dash. I was like, what? He said, yeah, you... You just dine in, and you get out of there, and you blame it on somebody else. It's like, that's amazing. I only did it once, Dad. He's already putting together a conversation to have later. But here's, here's the strong thing about this, okay? Some people are doing this in church. They dine and dash. They come to church. They get served. They never give back. 
This was not happening in Acts chapter 2. The biggest underlying question in the book of Acts from believers was this. How can I help you? How can I help you? You have a need? How can I help you? Our church together collectively? How can I help you? Every day they were fighting to be together, to break bread together, to have teaching together, to just fellowship they, they wanted the, collect, the collection of faith together. There was something about it that was special and sacred. And man, I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a hard, hard statement right here. But our generation of church needs to get some grit. Like we need to take ownership, right? We need to sink our teeth into the lives and our, and our lives into something and stop seeing our connection with the church as a buffet that our parents are going to pay for later. But, but to say, this is my place, this is my house, and it's personal to me. If there's a piece of gum, if there's a need, if there's a person, if there's a situation... I don't want to dine and dash. I don't want to hand my bill to another generation. But I want to, I want to do it. I don't know if you remember from school, but you had to do a, a science fair project. You could always tell the, kid, the projects that, that the kids actually did and the ones that were done by the parents, right? Like I never knew a third grader who knew how to TIG weld. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, we're going to get this blue ribbon for this incredible welding job. I'm like, that was his dad who's a professional welder. <laughs> but sometimes as churchgoers, we want to outsource the involvement of church to someone else. And that's not God's design for you or anybody. And I, I want to pastor you well here. But a church is not begging people to serve because the church needs it. The church needs to provide you a place to serve because you need it. You need it. You need the diversity. You need to be digging into your spirit and saying this is a part of my life that my career does not get and I'm giving it to Christ. Let me give you some perspective on this, okay? Because I, I believe God wants physical bodies in physical places, all right? That's why he says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. There's something important about a physical body being in a physical place. Here's the perspective on this. You can ask Craig and Johnson if there's a difference in our church sending money to Macau or them going to Macau and providing face-to-face -face ministry to students and strangers. They'll tell you every time that beats resources. It's so much more impactful to have a body in a place than to just send resource. The best pastor I ever had was my dad. He never spent a moment in a pulpit, but he was the best pastor I ever had. He showed us how to serve. And I remember watching him paint Sunday school rooms, wash church buses. He and I would often mow the church together, and that was not an option for me. It was, hey, put some pants on and some shoes. We're going to mow the churchyard. Well, can I just, you better get up. You know, he kind of tuck on his pants, and you knew what was coming next. He was finding that belt. But he was always nice, and he would put me on, on the mower, and he would do the trimming. 
and I was mowing around the shed at our church, and there was a wasp nest, and it, they, they do what wasps do, and one came out, and I mean, stung me right left the center of my nose. This eye swelled up. I said, Dad, if this is what serving the Lord feels like, I don't want any more of that. My dad took Joshua 24, 15 seriously. He still does. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve him. Now, this word serve is completely different than praise. It's completely different than give. It's, it's completely different than resource. It is completely different than praise. This word serve is not one of those eight Hebrew types of worship that I've given you before. This literally means a physical body in a physical place. As for me and my house, we will serve him. We will make time. We will do it. We will be the tip of the spear. We will be the one that says, how can I help you? This is a commitment. And so I'm challenging our church and you know this st st statistic, Barna preaches this all the time, and he's an incredible analyst and, and church statistic guy, but he says, you know, 20% of your people do 80% of everything. And man, can you imagine if we could turn that? Think about this. What if even 50, what if even 50% of our church consistently served and gave to the mission of the church. And I will tell you, and this is, this is going to be very hard, and this is going to be very biased, but I get to be that way because I pastor a church right now. And this is my thought on this. This is different than, than serving Salvation Army. And I love them. And praise God for them. This is different than me writing a big check to St. Jude, and we do that. I know my dad does that every year in honor of my mother and sister, but that's different. Their objective is not to save souls. It's to cure cancer, and that's important. But if we really believed that the story of Jesus was the most important story wouldn't we be all in with it? If we really believe that eternity, something happens to us, wouldn't we really sink our teeth into that? So here are some things. I'm, I'm about to show you the ways in just a moment that we push the mission forward. And I'm going to ask you to pray about getting involved in one of these. But I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Here are some things that get fixed when you serve your local church. When people say things like, Kevin, we don't feel connected. Are you serving? Because what that's going to do is put you into a group of people. You're going to get connected. You're going to know some families. Kevin, we don't know anyone. Are you serving? You're going to make some friendships. Kevin, we just moved here. Best thing you can do, serve. Hop in. I'd love to be in a life group, but we don't know any couples. Are you serving? The best way to get connected to your church is to serve it. Now, I'm going to go through these things I've committed to Craig. I promised him this morning I was going to go fast on these. But Wayne, will you show me the first one? I'm going to put this up. This code goes to all of these. And what I want you to do is at some point during these, I want you to scan this. 
And I want you to pray about this. I want you to pray about joining a serve team at our church because this is how we answer the question of how is your church serving Christ? How is it missional? This is is our answer to that. Tabitha Weir is serving in, in, in Little Life. We need teachers. We need helpers. We need people to reset rooms. We need to make, these are people who make an investment in our our children. I think the next is Lauren Woodson. This is going to be for kid life. So it's just a little bit older. Listen, I'm going to say something that all of you need, 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 need to hear. You can do this and not even like kids. I'm serious. You go, Kevin, uh uh-uh, I don't even like them. That's okay. We still got a place for you there. As long as you can be nice to them, we got a place for you. Okay, next. Middle school, we used to call this 412. This is uh, fifth and sixth graders. Fifth and sixth graders. Okay, so Colby and Mandy Emerson. Again, same thing. This is just before we pushed them into youth. And so that's what that, that, that age group is. Again, teaching, helping, being assistant, resetting, just being present, hosting a home. I mean, this is a fantastic place to serve. Next. NLC Youth, Johnson, and Ashton. We love Ashton more than Johnson. Okay, yeah, yeah. Can y'all put your hands together for that? We love Ashton, okay? So this is student ministry, all kinds of, this is the craziest group in our church. They gotta be served, okay? And so, um, if, if you're interested in coming alongside our students, come alongside Johnson and Ashton, please scan this, plug in with them. Next. Worship and production, I will still tell you, we have the absolute best. I will still tell you, we have the absolute best worship team around. Love David Aaron Bunting. Love their leadership. Incredible. If you haven't heard the story of how I met David Bunting, come up to me sometime. He was a bass player for the Bald Knobbers in Branson. I, I, I met him there, and I, I said, hey, I think this guy could be a worship leader. And so that's how he got to be here. I'll tell you more about it later. If you want to get involved in worship and production, connect with David and Aaron Bunting. Next, creative team. This is going to be, if you are, are a, a creative mind, photography, if you're artsy, uh, you know, we've designed work. We've got a place for you. You can talk to Craig about this as well. Next. Coffee. We love hospitality here. We love being able to come in, serve coffee. This is an extension of just like welcome. Thank you for being here. Greeting team. The Mercers oversee that. Incredible, incredible opportunity to meet, meet people. Next. Greeting. The Moon's oversee this. That This means like working a door, being in the foyer, being a presence. How can I help you? Are you new here? Coffee is, is over here. Welcome to church today. It, it, is, it, is a, it is a front line type of thing. Very social. If you are an introvert, this ain't for you. Okay? I'll just be honest with you. If you are an extroverted person and most people cannot shut you up, greeting is the place for you. Okay? Next. Parking, Steve Getman. What kind of photo is this? I don't even know. We, we don't even, you know, Steve's crazy. We, we call him Wolverine, so you can tell by his chops there. 
I love the parking team. If I was not speaking on a Sunday morning, I would be in parking. I love it. It is just people coming in right in. They are the very first person that is seen. How many of you love pulling up in here and seeing somebody wave at you or say good morning or help you in and out? I love it. So thank you to our parking team. Rain or shine, cold weather, they are out there. I love, I, I just love this team. Next. Hospitality, Drew and Jenna oversee all of this. So if you, um, if you want to get connected to any of those last five that I, I talked about, Drew and Jenna are the ones for you. Next. Life groups, Robin Beth Davis. If you are looking for a life group, you want to lead a life group, you want to host a life group, you just want to try and test drive that. And I will always say this about life groups. You need to find a life group. If you can't find a life group, start a life group. Okay, next. Outreach, Tiffany Yingling just took this on, doing a phenomenal job. This is us just helping to feed people, clothe people, partnering with people in the community who do it better than we do. So we're partnering with, with 100 families. We're partnering with CityServe. We're partnering, partnering with other churches. And so uh, we're just so thankful for her. I don't even know where she's at today, but we're thankful for Tiffany Yingling. So if you have a heart for outreach, She's your person. Next. Prayer team, if, if you love praying and interceding and have a gift for that, then, man, this is the place for you to plant your, your heart. Okay, so the, this is a group of people we share needs with. Hey, can you just lift this family up? Can you pray for the weekend? Can you pray for this event? Can you pray for our church? Can you just intercede for today? This is just a group of praying people. If that's your gift, this is your place. Okay, next. Events and environments. That's Kim Boyd. This is what happens when you don't send us a picture. We just pick one. Okay? So Kim has moved to events and environments. This is everything from planning uh, woman events, planning Easter, planning candlelight, planning team nights, all of these things. It's also what our building looks like seasonally. So if decor, if event planning, all of that details, putting a personal touch on an environment, if all of that is your thing, then reach out to Kim today and we will get you connected to events and environments. Next. Is that it? There's not a next. Okay. The next is, 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 is preaching. If you would like to have a new, a new preacher... Scan this code. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. I want you to stand with me today. I'm going to pray over us. Here's what you need to do with today. Okay, hear me. Don't be distracted by, by moving and standing around. Okay, listen. Two questions to ask yourself today. God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? All right, and two, what do you want me to do about it? What are you saying to me, and what do you want me to do about it?